friends. Welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Our goal for this podcast is to be real about the hardships that we face in life and to find God's goodness through His truth, because the truth is that we will go through hard things in this life, but we can take heart because He has already overcome the world and because we know that He is with us. Today, we're talking about um, God's attribute of limitless. Sometimes we have ideas of who God is, and He is always beyond our understanding. His ways are higher than our ways, His thoughts than our thoughts, and He works in ways that we just cannot fathom as human beings because we are limited, which I don't like to think of myself as limited. I like to think I can do anything and I can just push myself to go harder, but we are limited human beings. And that includes our minds. We can't comprehend and fathom all that God does. And I think a way that sometimes we get caught up in um, thinking about God where we think we have this limited perspective of him is in how he works and how he blesses us. Sometimes we think blessings are like a big house or getting married, having kids. We say, oh, I'm so blessed. You know, I'm financially stable or, oh, I'm so blessed. I got this job promotion. Oh, I'm so blessed because I'm healthy. Um, which those are blessings and they're absolutely things to be thankful for, but that's not the main way that God blesses us. In number six, there's this blessing that the Lord spoke to Moses to tell Aaron and his sons that this is how you should bless the Israelites. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Nowhere in that blessing did it say anything about having a big house or being rich or having a great job, anything like that. All of that was about him blessing you and keeping you, making his face shine upon you and being gracious to you, making his face turn towards you and give you peace. Those are all things that have to do with our relationship with him, which is the biggest blessing that we can have. And sometimes when we're focused on this earth, the things here that we can see, it's easy to get caught up in thinking that those are the blessings, the things that we can see, the materials that he has created. That's how he blesses us. But really the biggest blessing is how he works in our lives to bring us closer to him. Another passage that sometimes I think we can limit how we think God is working is from Ephesians 3 verses 20 through 21. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So this sounds like, oh yes, he is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. He's going to give me a huge house and he's going to give me the most amazing spouse and all of these things. My kids are just going to be so healthy and beautiful. That's not what it says. He does immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That is can be in any way. And that doesn't necessarily mean the material possessions. It can mean the material possessions, but it's all about our, the riches that we get are from knowing him, the knowledge of him. That's what Ephesians three talks a lot about the riches and the knowledge of him. It's not about earthly riches. It's about the riches of having that relationship with him and growing closer to him. So there's this passage from Second Kings 5, we're kind of going to talk about today. It's about Naaman. He's a commander of this army and um, he has leprosy. 
And it's, I feel like this passage just shows really well how God is limitless because he works in ways that we don't expect or imagine. And it's not, sometimes it's way fancier, I guess you could say, than we want, um, than we imagine. But sometimes it's in ways that we don't want. Like when it says that he's able to do things um, more than we ask or imagine, sometimes it's things that we think are lower than what we should get. But then he works it in a way that's amazing. So this is Second Kings 5. Now Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of, rager, bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, the king of Aram replied, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman's a very important guy. He's very sick. And also he has a servant girl who basically he just took the servant girl's entire family, but she's working for him. And then even though that he took everything from her, she wanted to help him and said, you know, he should go check out this prophet. But instead of going to the prophet, he's like, I'm going to go to the king because I'm important. So I'm going to go to the palace first. Anyway, continuing in verse seven, as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me? When Elisha, the man of God, so this is the prophet in Israel. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. So, okay, if you are in Naaman's shoes here, right, you are this important commander of this army and you're very sick and you have this idea in your mind of, okay, I'm going to get help, but it's going to be in this amazing way. Like I'm going to go to the king and he's just going to like send God's power on me to heal me and then voila, it will be wonderful. But that's not exactly how it goes because he goes to the king and the king's like, am I God? Can I do this? No. So then Elisha sends for him. But he doesn't even come out to greet Naaman. He sends his servant and the servant's like, go wash yourself in this river. So that's probably not what Naaman was expecting or asking for. But continuing in verse 11, but Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. In a rage, so he's upset because it's not in this grand way that he expected. He wanted to be cleansed in this really miraculous, amazing way, and that's what happens to us sometimes too. We want to be blessed, or we want God to answer our prayers in this grand way. But the way that He answers beyond our the, beyond our asking or imagination, like sometimes it's in ways that seem less to us. But then He's glorified even more because it's in a way that's beyond our understanding. Verse 13, Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, 
If the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So God healed him, and it wasn't in the way he was expecting. But God is still in that instant. He was able to do immeasurably more than all that Naaman was asking or imagining. And it wasn't in a grand way necessarily, but it wasn't a grand way because he used this nasty Jordan River to cleanse him of leprosy. That's pretty remarkable, miraculous, really. And that's how he knew that there's a God, there's no God in all the world except in Israel. So God's power showed up in a way that was beyond Naaman's limited view of God. And that happens with us a lot. We have a limited view of God and how he's going to answer our prayers and show up for us and bless our lives. But he shows up in ways that are beyond that and not in the way that we expect, but in a way that brings even more glory. For a very big example, we have Jesus who came and a lot of people, when they were expecting the Messiah, the son of God, they were expecting a royal king. You know, they were not expecting a baby to come in a feeding trough. That was not expected. They were not expecting a very humble man, a carpenter. They were expecting a royal king with robes and everything. And the biggest, I think, obviously the biggest example is how he used death to bring us life. He saved us, not, he didn't save the Israelites from the oppression of the Roman empire, like they probably expected. And they weren't saved in the way that they were probably expecting either. Even though there were all these prophecies that were pointing to Jesus, when he came, they didn't recognize him because they were expecting something different. But God works beyond our limitations in our mind of who we think he is. He is limitless. He is beyond our imagination. He's beyond our thoughts, our ways. His ways are higher. His thoughts are wiser. So when he came to save us, he died. Which seems like, what? Why would the son of God, the king of the world, die? That's like the opposite of victory. And obviously we know the whole story now because we're on the other side of that and we have the New Testament to show us what happens. But if you were there living in that day and you're expecting this Messiah, the King, to come save you, you probably would not expect him to die. That's a big, a big bummer if you were not sure what's going on there. But we know now that that death is what brings us life because he covered our sins with his blood. His blood was sufficient to pay the price and to make atonement for us so that we can have access to God and that we can be saved and spend eternity with him. So God uses so many things beyond our imagination, beyond what we can ask or think. And again, it's not usually in these grand ways. Sometimes it's in ways that are frustrating to our human minds. Just like with Naaman going to dip himself in the Jordan River to get healed. And he wasn't even, um, it wasn't even something from the king. It wasn't Elisha calling on God's power to just come wash and be cleansed. He had to go 
and dip in the river. And then he was cleaned, just like God said. So I just want to encourage you that if you're praying these big, awesome prayers and you're asking God for things and you're expectant and you have hope in him, he can use anything. He can use anybody and he can use any place. And it's not what we expect usually because he is limitless. He is beyond our limited understanding. So I just want to encourage you in that and to remember to look for him in the unexpected. Sometimes we can miss him because we think that he's going to show up in this huge grand way. And sometimes he does. And sometimes the huge grand way is in a way that is not what we expect. And so we just need to make sure that we press in to listen to that still small voice as well as everything else and to not look for him in the visible, but in what is not seen. So thank you for joining me today for the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. We have a few more of these where we're focusing on God's attributes um, in the face of all the hardships that we face. We know that he is good in many different aspects. We also have some exciting news coming up, so stay tuned and have a great week. May the Lord bless you and keep you.